Oh, okay. Like, like NASA sponsored uh, the, the NASA episode? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Boom, dude. And of course, we, we definitely mind if you plug your podcast, man. Go, God, only room enough for one new <laughs> yeah. podcast. It's your podcast. I'm not, I'm not going to open your door and like shit in your bathroom without asking you. <laughs> You've done that many times in my apartment. You, did that. <laughs> you clogged my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh, hashtag college. Hashtag clog my toilet. Hashtag tum tums. What is that? What were those tums, tablets just, you took? They're just tums. 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 Right. I thought it was one, tum one, tums. One tum. You're thinking of you're thinking of Tim Tam, which is the chocolate from Australia. Oh, uh, okay. Right on time. Episode six of the Unwise Index. Not right on time. We are actually a week late, but it was well worth the wait. I know um, you missed because, us. Oh yeah, people I missed mean, us. Out come there. on. But not our, only am I... <laughs> our four subscribers missed us. <laughs> yes. Four subscribers. That's, I think that's at least double last time, right? Yeah, I think so. Exponential growth, dude. Exponential growth, dude. Um, we got, we got I, something special planned today, though. We do. I am, I am, as always, one half of your host, Akshay, joined by Monik. Yes. What's up, Monik? <laughs> How's it going? It's, it's, it's going well. It's going real well. <laughs> going real well. It's going yeah, real it's go- well now about this, this special surprise I, keep, I mentioned earlier. Indeed. So, special surprise. We have a special guest in the building. A super fruit, our very own super fruit, Mango. Hello. Man- Mango, how are you? I am fantastic, and I'm excited to be here. Um, I am. I think I missed your podcast the most out of any of your subscribers, given that I think I'm, <laughs> I'm two of them at this point. You know, I noticed that you retweeted my retweet about the podcast on Twitter, and I was like, Mango's a good dude. Mango's dude, retweet. Yeah. Dude, I, I, got, I gotta get this podcast out to the masses. Who else is go- How else are we gonna hear about your brilliance about exactly. NASA and, well, and jazz you. music? Thank and you. you're a special guest not only for that, but you're also the first guest we've had. Inaugural right. guest. I Inaugural guess that makes guest. me the specialist guest. Yeah? Absolutely. I, I think it does. And also, I mean, you came with a sponsorship too. Uh, so we have to give you a shout out for that too as well, you know. Mango, you want to talk about the sponsorship? Oh. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, some derps talk about games, part of the some derps play games empire of one Twitch TV channel and one podcast, um, is sponsoring this episode. Um, I am a co-host on that podcast. You can check us out on some derps talk about games. We talk about games. That that's basically <laughs> it. This is true. I mean, again, subscribe to the Twitch channel. Subscribe to the SoundCloud feed. Are you guys like syndicated through like iTunes and Pocket Cast and all that stuff? Uh, you are, right? Yeah, we we just got uh, what's it called? We just got iTunes approval, and so you can search us on your favorite iTunes podcast approval, dude. They don't even know it's in that's, that podcast. That's legit stuff. They're yeah. giving out approval. They're giving out approval to anybody these days. I know, right? Uh, we got approval. You got approval. Yeah, well, Man. they must recognize billions when they see it. That's true. Or this hear it, true. I guess. Fast track. Fast track to approval right there. I know. Uh, no. They're like, well, these guys are going to be the next tastemakers, so we might as well give them an express lane, you know? That's what they thought. That's what they thought. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is the new... I mean, I, I think, you know, you look back in a couple of years, you've got this collective of, of derps and, and unwise people and all these, you know, different people putting out these, these, these creative outputs into the world, and it's like, Apple, Apple definitely wants to have a part of that, you know? Yeah. And um, you're here at the foundation. We're here at the foundation of this. Oof. Indeed. That's we're exciting. at each other's foundation. It's almost like we're like an overlapping building that has a foundation that overlaps. Pyramid, ancient aliens. I, I, ancient I, aliens. I, I'm pretty sure overlapping <laughs> foundations aren't allowed in San Francisco. Uh, this is probably uh, true. You're coming at us from San Francisco, are you not? Yes, yes. Overlapping foundations would not fare well during an earthquake. 
That would that would be bad. This is true. I think I you think, live you live on a pretty big hill too, so that'd probably be, pose even more danger for you. Yeah, I, I think you should check your your civil engineering facts, Akshay, before you go off about overlapping foundations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trying to make a metaphor, but you're right. I do need to brush up on my civil engineering <laughs> facts. <laughs> so, reason why we have Mango on the show, besides the fact that he's a good friend of the podcast and by extension, good friend of both of us or reverse, whichever one of those <laughs> makes sense. Uh, so Mango is one of our friends that is most into gaming, has, you could say, a flavor or two of fanboyism along different dimensions. Uh, yes. And generally, again, as indicated by his podcast, Some Derps Play Games, just knows a whole lot about the game industry and about gaming. So, you know, that's what we want to talk about this episode. Um, I think well, maybe might be good to get into the origin of each of our love of gaming, kind of what games we, we got into early on. Um, and then we might transition into talking about uh, some contentious points uh, that might divide the taste between certain members uh, of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> but before we get into that, what is your yeah. drink of choice when playing games, Mango? Yeah, got to know this. Oh, when, when playing, um, generally Coke Zero. I mean, my, my choice of drink at all times is probably Coke Zero. Um, just, Are they sponsoring you? Are you plugging a sponsorship on uh, a sponsorship? No, no, so, actually. This, this is all... Uh, this this is all free. It's you know I'm I'm addicted, so you know. You never swindled by like the Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel and all these other things. I, what about yeah. Red Bull? Uh, on Red Bull. So I don't like the way that Mountain I you know, I, I will drink Mountain Dew, but I'm not a huge fan of the taste. Um I hate the way that Red Bull tastes. If I'm gonna drink a, a pure energy drink, I'm gonna drink Monster. Um yeah. that that is mm. that is my 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 extra strong energy drink of choice. But uh, Coke Zero is like my coffee and my – you know how some people drink like three or <laughs> well, four cups except of coffee for the fact a day? That, yeah, but coffee is like way stronger than all those pure oh, energy drinks. But I see what you're saying. Well, the coffee isn't uh, – it's not important, like the ca- caffeine levels. But yeah, it's definitely stronger than Coke, but I drink like five or six Cokes a day. Um, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you are addicted. Wait, what – I mean the taste difference. Like Coke Zero is the one with zero calories, correct? Okay, yeah. So um, – there's Coke Zero and there's Diet Coke. They are both the zero calorie option. However, if you remember the disaster that is New Coke, um, Diet so New I Coke. I really don't remember this. Well, yeah, well this you, you you would remember it from your history books. I wouldn't remember it either because I think yeah, it happened before we too. were all born. Um, but um, Diet Coke is a separate formulation from Classic Coke, and New Coke was a calorization of the Diet Coke formula. Um, Coke Zero is a diet dietization of the classic Coke formula, which is why it actually tastes like Coke and not like a steaming pile of ass like Diet Coke tastes like. <laughs> yeah, I, I will I will say that Coke Zero, in my opinion, tastes a lot better than Diet Coke. I always opt for that Coke Zero when I'm on a flight or something. I'm like, you got some Coke Zero? I feel a little bit hip when I say it. You know, it's, yeah. not, it's not as mainstream as Diet Coke. You know, I, I you know what it is. Coke Zero stuff. You know what I miss, though, Mango, is... I vividly remember my favorite drink while playing video games, Russian Birthday Surprise. Oh, God. Haven't been God. able to recreate uh, it. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to tell the audience what that monstrosity is? Uh, uh, so the, the Russian Birthday Surprise was something I invented for my 20th birthday. Um, you will note that it contains alcohol, even though I was not of age at the time. But let's not worry Uh-oh. too much about that. Um, the, feds, the feds are listening. <laughs> Hashtag jail so time. <laughs> this started with... Uh, um, Monica, Monic, you were there, right? You you visited uh, that year, visited Zach that year. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so same. we were visiting one of our friends from college, and uh, uh, we they got me a cake because it was uh, my birthday, 
and uh, we started drinking. Go and, on. And so the, the first thing I did was is I mixed, like, in, in kind of like a white Russian tradition, I mixed vodka and milk. And I was like, well, this needs something else. And we didn't have, we didn't have <laughs> Kahlua. something else, something special. <laughs> so I took a piece of the birthday cake and I threw it into the glass. And that's, that's the Russian birthday. Um, and then later in the night, I was, I was continual, continuing to drink. I'm like, this isn't enough. So I replaced the vodka with Jägermeister and the milk with pina colada mix. And that became the Russian birthday surprise. Too much oh Jägermeister, too much pina colada mix and a piece of cake. Um, it is super sweet. Um, yeah, it will make wow. you cringe and it tastes kind of crazy. Um, I think the only awesome. time, yeah, I think the only time I've ever seen, like, I had the chance to try it once and, like, you showed it to me in this blender and I'm just like, nope. <laughs> just, like, walked out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it was so good. Oh, man, I haven't had one of those, uh, since, since college. I, I, I have. Let it be known. Next time we get together, we're going to have this. Oh, boy. We, we have to bake a, a cake. If there's, <laughs> yeah, there's a surprise on cast. Oof. Oh, oh, God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that would be, that'd be great. <laughs> Uh, people listen start hearing like retching noises and like throwing up. <laughs> That'd be a we great do it, for, We like, did it for you. We did it like, for you. Like about this podcast, like the raw file gets out there and it's like three coasts like collapse on podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how we get famous. <laughs> how we get famous, guys. Little did they know it was all a planned viral marketing scheme. Yeah, dude. Oof. Next level. Oh man. So you gotta do, you gotta go. So underground doesn't even seem like it's underground. <laughs> so So not Genesis drink- of Love for Games. <laughs> you're not drinking that. Yeah, Genesis for love for games. Like Mango, what is? I'm guessing it's Nintendo. I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah, some yeah. Nintendo experience at some point. Well, so um, I don't ever remember not playing Super Mario Brothers. Like that is the first game I ever played. When I was forming my memories, I was already like like Mario was all has always been part of my life. Um, one, two, and three on the NES. Played it for hours and hours and hours as a child. S- distinctly remember spending a long time not knowing that you could run and so dying almost immediately <laughs> on World 1-1 in Super Mario Brothers because you can't... Wait, for... How early did this go? Like, were the first words out of your mar- mouth Mario? No. Or no, Mario? He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't say Mario. He says Mario. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's Mario. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a conclusion on what's a- actually accurate? Um, I don't know. I it, it, it's uh, definitely Mario. It's just Mario is kind of like a regional... Like, that kind of hard is kind of like a, a regional dialect for Jersey, which is where... You know, I'm from. Um, yeah, represent. Yeah, I mean that's, but that that that's that's where it came from. I've been harassed enough that I've kind of sub- subconsciously corrected it. I say I say Mario more often. Than I say Mario now. You should never be ashamed of the way you say Mario. <laughs> <laughs> this is your upbringing. You just say, we, this is that, your that's, earliest that's, memory you can think of. Right. That should, yeah. be, that should be another. Ha- that should be a social media campaign. Don't be ashamed of the way you say Mario. <laughs> yeah. don't, sh- don't shame. Don't shame me for my Mario pronunciation. Will not be shamed. Go on, sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that—that's really the genesis. Like you know, I I loved Mario Brothers, loved Duck Hunt. You know that dual cartridge. You know my my first game ever. Uh, yeah. Did you have the Duck Hunt gun? Yes. I mean, Duck Hunt. Yeah, yeah, light gun. Oh, wow. You can't play it How without the. How old Duck Hunt came out? Isn't Duck man, Hunt? You were a, a spoiled kid, time? man. You got Mario. You got Duck Hunt. You got Duck Hunt guns. I mean, too. Jesus. I, the, was Duck Hunt a little bit before our time, or was yeah, it? yeah, Mario and Duck Hunt were a little bit before before our time. Like I never had it. Okay, the only yeah. the only Nintendo system I have never owned is a Super Nintendo, um, which is the one that came you out missed out, man. I I, I know, out. but uh, the classic NES held me held me until I got an N sixty four. Uh, but yeah, that's that that is the genesis of my love for games. It's just 
days spent trying to jump over the, the first pit in uh, World 1-1. Uh, but did you enjoy it? Like, at the time, can you remember if you, like, looked at the game and said, this is, like, an incredible game, or was it just a matter of mere exposure that these are the only games you had, and you, like, had to like it? <laughs> like, there's nothing else. Like, I what mean, else are you going to do? I'm not sure if you had handed me any game I would have been able to differentiate between an incredible game and, like, a non-incredible Well, you obviously game. didn't play Street Fighter 2. Uh, back in the day. <laughs> I did, and I didn't like it because I couldn't do the motions on a oh, square pad. Um, that's true. That was that did take... That you got I only played, all over your fingers trying to do I that. I only played E-Honda because you could do the one special move by just mashing the punch button. I could do that. Uh, <laughs> a troll even at a young age. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that's... That's... Uh, that's my story. What's your story? That's your origin story. Yeah, Monica, just, what's your story? My story, I mean, like, the earliest memory I have is my brother was very much into games. I have an older brother, six years older, uh, to the day, born on the same day, same time, different, but six years apart. You might, might, might be the same person. We don't really know. Might be the same person. Very similar. Similar voice. But the thing is, when we were uh, in Ohio, when I lived in Ohio and grew up there, in my room, so my brother had his own room, I had my own room, the computer was in my room. Because my parents like, wanted me to like study on it and all this stuff, but little did they know, in the middle of the night, my brother used to come in my room and play StarCraft, the original StarCraft, and this other RTS called Max, and another game called Descent. So I remember like waking up at like midnight, and my brother would be playing StarCraft games, and I'd sit on his side next to him and then like uh, just watch him play those games. And then after that, it ended up being a way that we used to hang out. You know, games were oh, nice. the one thing we, that brought us together. We used to play Super Smash a ton. I used to play Super Smash with his friends. And all his friends hated me because I'd always beat them. And this is where I, I feel I point towards like this internal competitive spirit I have for all video games was playing Super Smash Bros. with my uh, elder brother's friends uh, when they used to come over and just wanting to win and practicing day in and day out. So I think that's where the genesis was, was StarCraft and Smash Bros. on the N64. Nice. So it was, it was, it wasn't, was it more PC or more N64? Or was it kind of like all in the same space? It was all, all the same, same space. Like, we had this open area with the N64, uh, and then we just, we would always just convince my parents to buy consoles for us. So, I mean, we made the mistake once. We bought the Sega Saturn, and that, oh. <laughs> that didn't get as much use. <laughs> so, we were Sega fanboys, right? So, I got the Saturn, and then I got the Nomad. Anyone remember the Nomad? Isn't that a music player? That's a no. That's a no. <laughs> no one remembers the Nomad. Exactly. The Nomad was Sega's uh, fire uh, against the uh, Game Boy. So they released the Nomad 64, and it was, like, much better than the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, whatever came out of it. Wait, was it, was it called the Nomad 64? I believe so. It was either Nomad or oh. Nomad 64. Oh, that's great. Um, was that the one that the took, like, was, 8D batteries? Exactly the <laughs> issue with it, right? So they had games for it, right? They had your Sonics. They had some good games for it. Um, the issue was the battery life was, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> so you'd, like, play for 30 minutes. Like, all right, I guess I'm done. And you can find another pair of batteries. So you spent more money on batteries than the actual device. It was a fucking mess. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a mistake. Never again, Sega. Never again. Oh, so, so well, you were a Sega fanboy. In the beginning, yeah. Huh. The, dream, the, 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 the Dreamcast did make up for it. I, I feel like this is going to be relevant later. <laughs> oh yeah foreshadowing some deep down things coming from my sega fanboys maybe <laughs> uh actually what, what are you actually origin story yeah oh man it's like it's probably so picturesque to the point where both of you are just gonna like roll your eyes so i was in i remember it when i was in preschool i remember <laughs> when i walked through the door to where the older kids were because it was also like an after school 
like place for kids who are in like elementary school as well. Yeah. Um, and I saw two dudes playing Street Fighter 2 on the NES. Oh, wow. Um, and, like, I remember one of them was Blanca, and I think one of them was either Zangief or Ryu. And I would just, like, because, wa- like, you know, you're, you're young, you got to wait, like, your turn. You're always going to be at the end of the line. They don't really want to play with you. But I always got to watch them play the game. And, like, that was, like, I was just enamored by it. Um, and I remember just, like, I can still remember, like, the exact door that I would, like, and, like, looking through the window of the door and seeing the game for the first time. Have you ever been um, back to that place? <laughs> I have. So, so it's, it's crazy. Oh, nice. It's, like, it's, it's one of those places where, um, I don't know, you all, we all have those places in our mind where it's, like, you could still map it out, like, yeah. in, like, a floor plan if you had to. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird. But, like, yeah, so it's Street Fighter all the way through at the beginning. Um, and that, inst- that, that, my dad got me an SNES, um, and we used to play together a lot. Uh, and like, that was, that was like a fun thing that, that like, you know, we could bond over with Street Fighter. Uh, He would play Sagat. I would play Ryu. He would beat me a lot. Uh, (laughs) Um, but like, one one of like the memories that like kind of came a little bit later that like really solidified like the Street Fighter kind of like Street Fighter being kind of my mainstay was, um, like when Street Fighter three came out, there was exactly one arcade, like within 40 miles that had it. Um, and it was like one of the two arcades that were probably left in, in Iowa altogether. Uh, and so like every day after school when I was seven or eight, um, like I would beg my dad to like, please <laughs> yeah. take me to the arcade. So like we'd go there and I'd play Street Fighter three, like the first one, a new generation, which is just yeah. like the vanilla Street Fighter three. Um, and I'd be like this little kid who was just like playing Street Fighter and like everybody would kind of like, in retrospect, I could tell why it was so humorous. But at the time people would just kind of like gather and watch me just like trying to get past Gil, who was like the final boss. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking like at least like $20 in quarters, like the final day when I finally beat him as Ken. Um, and like, that's I can a proud still, again, moment. Yeah. And I can, again, it's, I can still remember like very vividly that arcade. I can still remember like, it was very weird. Cause like in yeah. retrospect, like that was like far past the peak point of arcades, but like the arcade, like, uh, aesthetic still like resonates very strongly with me. Like I think yeah. my obsession with like 80s stuff and like retro 80s things goes back to that, even though it was like late nineties and I was like in like one of the few arcades in Iowa, but like, yeah, all street. I used, to do the, I used to do a similar thing, not yeah. for an arcade. Like I used to play area 51 at this one arcade. But then I used to go to the, uh, when Halo was coming out and everyone was hyping up the Xbox, there was a Halo station at uh, a, a mall close to us in one of the game spots. Mm-hmm. And I used to try to get there like once every three days and play the same, it was the first mission. And I played yeah, it yeah. over and over and over again. Uh, and it's funny because then my Halo love like grew enormously when it actually came out. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, do remember those. I, I, I Go ahead, Mega. I would say it's something similar to what Monik said, like, uh, when I was around at, at the Sam's Club that we would go to, there was a there was a game. Oh, I love Sam's Club with like uh, Robotech Battle Cry and Kirby's Star Ride on uh, on demo. Um, I never bought either of those games, but uh, I played the first level of them like for like many 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 times over. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing how you can like get obsessed with like these demos of like what's coming next. Like, and this will maybe Mango, you'll you'll like this. Like when the GameCube was first coming out, I remember there was like one Walmart that had the GameCube display. And I would go there and I would play like Luigi's Mansion like the first level just to like just cuz I remember it was like a very impressive like game for the time. Like like the graphics were a lot better. Like I think it was like towards the latter end of that generation. So it was just like, it was like everyone was really interested in like, I guess like what it was going to be. And like, yeah. I just remember being like very obsessed, with like just like figuring out like glimmers of like, cause this is like before we were all just plugged into the internet and had like HD video yeah. showing like how, how everything looked. It's like, I want to go and actually see for myself, like how these games look. And it's um, funny cause that was our only outlet to do so. Like I feel bad for kids nowadays. Well, I guess they have like Twitch and all this other stuff, but 
my only outlet for trying new stuff and seeing new games were these little booths at Sam's yeah. Club, Walmart, Target. And pro tip, Sam's Club, if you want to get into their computers, because their computers are always locked, the passcode is always <laughs> the, the store's number. So if you look at the top of Sam's Club, there's always a banner that has the store's number to it. Type oh, that man. in. You're in, dude. Hashtag hacker, dude. That's how you get Hashtag hacking. <laughs> uh, you're a regular, uh, regular zero right. cool. I, I wish, dude. I wish. <laughs> is that the name of the guy in Hackers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Zero Cool. No, that, that's that's hilarious, though. Because, like, nowadays when I go to Sam's Club and all these places, the, those booths aren't set up. And if they are set up, they're not, like, well-maintained. Like, I try playing a game and they're like, it's not even fucking working and the PS4 is not on. A lot of kids are, like, not having the memories we had because these, well, these stores I, I aren't mean, doing I that. I might contest that, though. I think, I think there is a certain magic to, like... Again, like the the fact there was like so little information, and like there was so much excitement around getting like glimmers of information. But yeah. I think it'd be, it would I would have loved the the fact you know the the uh, like having something like Twitch or having like the endless coverage you have on sites like Giant yeah. Bomb and like all these like just you know hours of HD video. Like I, I agree with you, it does remove some of like the suspense, <laughs> but um, it removes like, the uncertainty too. Like I remember being right. hyped for so many games, and if like I saw a video of them, I wouldn't have bought them, and like brute yeah, that's force. Right. Uh, like yeah, I like Brute Force. <laughs> Brute Force is awesome. so bad, dude. dude Brute Spirit Force, of Vanguard, motherfucker. <laughs> not as good as people yes, hyped it up to be. But there are like a ton of games that I was so hyped for, and I put hours and hours of research. And like nowadays, kids are like, I'm just going to look online and see if I like it. They're lucky. This, Young yeah. listeners, you don't know what you got. This is, yeah, I mean, um, I mean trying to think well, about what game severely disappointed me. Um, that was, I mean, that was Warhammer Online. That was like an MMO that was like later in high school, but. The yeah, worst I, game it, was uh, Azeric Rise of Parathia. You guys heard of this? Yeah, no. that was like infamously bad. <laughs> it was the hyped game for the Xbox. And like, uh, so uh, again, I thank my parents for this, but uh, I wanted to get the Xbox so badly. My parents told me the only way we're going to get you an Xbox is if you, uh, there was this uh, essay contest for the fire department in, uh, in Bellbrook, Ohio, where I grew up. If you won the essay contest, you got 250 bucks. Um, and they said, if you win this essay contest, you can, you can buy the Xbox. So I went ahead and built this, crafted this great essay about, uh, not doing drugs in school and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> like it was all BS. <laughs> I ended up winning it. And then, uh, so my parents said, they'll go get the Xbox. So my dad took off work a day and then stood in line to get the Xbox for me. Uh, or so I thought, so I was telling everyone at school at the playground, like playing Foursquare. Like, You're the coolest um, kid. I'm You're the like, coolest I'm about to have kid. an Xbox, dude. I'm about to have an Wait. Xbox, dude. But I get back home. So I get back home. And my mom's there waiting for me, and um, I'm, like, super excited. Like, run through the door. I'm like, uh, where, where's the Xbox? Where's the Xbox? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Dad wasn't able to get it. The line was too long. And, it's like someone uh, died. It's like, that's literally, the kind I was of devastated. But then I went upstairs and went to the bathroom, and the Xbox was in the bathtub. Oh. So all of the stuff was in there, and he, he had bought Azric and Halo. Uh, and then I, I, loaded up, uh, <laughs> I loaded up Halo. And Halo's awesome. And I loaded up Azric. And uh, I'm like, this game is so goddamn awful. And then right after, I didn't even get to play it very long because I had to go to fucking piano practice. But I was glad to go because I didn't want to spend another minute with Azric, Rise of Pratha. That was probably the most hyped game uh, for Xbox launch because they were like fishing for things to release with. And they only I really still remember money. the Game Informer cover for that game. It did look pretty awesome in the, in the still shots. I know, in the still shots, yeah. <laughs> and then in games, like a buggy mess. I mean, that, that was that, the other thing. That, like, that's the whole like Microsoft getting... launch right there, right? Like, um, yeah, you know, they didn't they didn't know what they were going to do. People were afraid they were going to be another like 3DO had a console that flopped almost immediately. Um, but then they had Halo, which turned out to be like the best thing ever. 
uh, for them. And, and now Microsoft has a it is one of the major players in the console wars. So you know, the player. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I will say the Halo Five footage that I saw again. These kids can just stream HD footage. I watched an hour of it on on Giant Bomb, one of these sites. It, it looked it looked pretty good. Halo Halo Five looked fun. Is it Halo Five? Halo yeah, Six? What are we on right Halo now? 5. Halo Five. Yeah. Yeah, Halo okay. 5 Guardians, yeah. yeah. I mean, the they, they, they've taken the Call of, Duty, Call of Duty approach. It's like, just get them into the action as soon as you can. Shit's blowing yeah. up everywhere. You know, Jetpacks flying down the mountain. You're literally, that... literally, yeah, literally fighting down a mountain. If you yeah, that intro cinematic, action, I'm like... realize how fucked the story is. Yeah. The <laughs> intro cinematic uh, was, like, amazing. Like, running down a mountain. I'm like, I want to play this. Like, this is... I, I wish this was not a cinematic. Because, like, it, and cinematic ends and you're the same old Halo. You got a gun, you got a reticle, you're shooting shit, and you're not, like, running down mountains. In Covenant, there's some, you know, little grunt. It's all is, good. Is it the same old Halo? People would probably be happier because, uh, what was it? Four had some things that were very cotty that people didn't like, like, aim down sight. And In the multiplayer, I don't know, what, yeah. Yeah, when I saw that game, it reminded me of playing Halo 2 with my, like, with my high school friends. Like, it was like, that like you know the beatdowns the gun, that that yeah. just looked like it felt like Halo. I don't know. I, I wasn't actually playing it, but again, like it looked like it, it would it played like old Halo. Yeah, no, Halo Five looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Um, I don't know if I want to play more Halo is the thing, but you know it looked like it played like Halo. Yeah. Um, so we got to get into it though. We got to get into the thick of this. Mango, you have you want you want to under like so so we talked about Mario and and your love for Mario as it started off, but you want to talk about like your case for nintendo i mean and i think this is i'm not saying i'm not saying that you are like a fanboy above all or anything like that but you definitely have more love for nintendo than most yeah so um, i would say in, in so you want to get mind, into that yeah yeah sure so in, in my mind there are there are two there, there are two things you can go for with video games and that's either like technical excellence or like ingenuity and if you're going to go for technical excellence why bother with a console it's, it's the pc master race hands down if you want to go for ingenuity, the only people that are really pushing those, well, we can get into like the Morpheus and, and the Halo and the Hollow Lens, but like the guys who really push the the boundaries on what you can do with video games have been Nintendo. Um, they they're sure the games are cutesy and they're fun, but they're also not afraid to be different, right? Like. What Let's break that? that down, though. Like, give me examples. Like, I can, I can, I can give a pass to the Wiimote. That was forward thinking for the time. You had uh, analogs to that on on the PC, and analogs to that recently with with the Xbox and even PS3 with the motion controller and Connect. Game wise, what I see is a regurgitation of Mario Party, Mario, Super Smash Bros. Like, it's the same shit. Where is the innovation there? Where do you see it at least? Um. Well, so I, I would say, you know, just from a historical perspective. Think about what Mario is. It's a plumber who goes to a magical kingdom where sentient mushrooms and turtles are trying to murder him, and he eats mushrooms and flowers to defeat them. Like, that's a pretty far out there concept. It's just so ingrained in the zeitgeist that we don't think of it as weird anymore. Um, you want so to talk I, about I, some of the other crazy stuff? I mean, yeah, I understand it was original at the time, but, like, it's not, not that zany by today's standards. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it... I think if Mario didn't exist and you tried to pitch Mario today, it'd be pretty crazy. Um, sure, sure. But uh, but you know, just into the into the current era, like yes, yes, they 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 re re release um the same their same series, but one most of those kind of innovate on on those ideas, like the new Mario's, with the exception of the new Super Mario Brothers, like the the title of the series, New Super Mario Brothers. 
Um, those were an attempt to return to classic form, which may or may not have worked. Or I, I think they worked as Mario games, but you're right, they, they weren't particularly original. But they also pushed new and interesting IPs, like the Pikmin series, um, which is uh, was new for the GameCube and is not generation, very, very different than anything else. Animal Crossing, which is kind of like a sim game that you don't really see that much anywhere else and uh, or something like splatoon which is um oh god splatoon have you played splatoon, <laughs> the best fps of our generation i uh, played so, splatoon. have you played, played it, it. yeah i played it okay so i don't think well hmm. let, me, let me see see let me let me think about how to put this splatoon is a fantastic game um and it was I fun think, it i was think fun. it's a lot better than people are willing to give it credit for because it's squids and kids um and I don't think enough people gave it a chance because it's kind of obvious, very obviously a kid's game. Yeah. Well, here's, okay, so just to, I think that's probably correct. I think so, to the to your point, Mango, like I do see Nintendo as being like, and again, using like their, so, so I guess the way that I reconcile the two points, I would agree that with Monik that like certain like tropes and certain characters seem almost formulaic at this point, like the IPs, like. Mario, sure. Zelda, Smash yeah. Bros. But like I think Nintendo at its best is like taking something familiar like that, like one of those IPs, and using it in like a completely sort of new technical set of circumstances or like to push an entirely new like idea in game design. Like when you talk about Mario 64 and going to three dimension, like which was like, yeah, it was still Mario and it was still him like interacting in this crazy world, but it was like completely different in design. Uh, you talk about Ocarina of Time and like what that did for like role playing and action adventure games. Um and I think, like, those are the things where you say, like, Nintendo is able to blend the familiar with, like, the cutting edge, at least in game design. And, like, that's, like, and, and like, make it friendly, make it familiar. And, like, that's something that they do really well. Like, it's almost, you know, you're going to hate this comparison, Mango, but it's almost like an Apple-like thing that they can do. Like, they can make something feel, like, that's very advanced or very forward-thinking, feel very familiar. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily what this last generation has felt like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I haven't been playing that much Nintendo like stuff, so I don't know, but I, I would agree that like on the surface, the Wii, like again, seemed pretty, pretty like forward thinking, at least like when in, in terms of appeal to different demographics and stuff. But like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's if it's on the same level as like what an Oculus or what a Morpheus could be, um, and I don't know what the I don't know where the Wii U is right now in terms of those experiences either. And like the Wii U right now, how many hours do you actually put into playing the Wii U compared to consoles versus your PC? Consoles versus my PC, Wii U is probably my most played console. But I play most of my stuff on my PC, but that's just, that's, that's, you know, you can't beat the PC Master Race, uh, you know, in, in that kind of realm. I go to, I go to the consoles for their, their exclusives, and most of the exclusives I was playing are on the, are on the Wii U. Yeah. Like, uh, Right, so I guess, well, like, what, what Wii U, what, yeah, what Wii U games, like, keep you coming back? Like, what have you been playing, like, consistently over the past several so like, weeks or months? Um, so I, I play a lot of Smash 4, um. Which you know you can yeah. say is another another Smash game, but it's fun, right? It's a fighting game. It's 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 fun to play. You can never deny deny like the the aspect of just pure fun there. Um, I actually so my my biggest problem as, as a gamer at this point is not enough time in too many games, and so I keep meaning to go back to like Wonderful One Hundred One, Bayo Two, um, play more Splatoon. Um, I just don't have a lot of time for that because I play a lot of games on the PC with other friends on the PC while chatting over Mumble just because that's that's the way it works. That That's the most social way for me to game as my Xbox. Yeah. But speaking of voice and just general uh, uh, pl social playing on online games, like this is where I think my biggest gripe with Nintendo lies. They're 
all of their games that are multiplayer and online, their their online marketplace, oh, yeah. their online, online voice, and their online parties and their matchmaking, pretty abysmal. And well, it might be why I like just just will never buy an Nintendo machine because I I like playing competitive games. I like playing with friends, and I don't think it it's like that, which is weird because they position themselves as a party friendly game system. It's, it's, it's but it's, then it's like it's about couch play, right? Like yeah, Nintendo's always yeah. been about couch play. Um, with couch play being for the uninitiated, um, when you play with your friends side by side in the same physical location rather than across the internet. And you're right, the Nintendo online infrastructure sucks. Um, although I will say, I will say matchmaking, I will say matchmaking for Splatoon is pretty good. Um, well, at least they've established low expectations, whereas like someone's like, I was able to download an old N64 game on my Wii U. I'm like, wow, Nintendo allows that? I wouldn't have expected yeah. it to. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know. Anything, anything's a plus at this point. Yeah, I mean, and uh, they don't have a unified account system and that shitty. And there, there's a bunch of things that they need to, they do need to fix about it. Um, and I can, I can definitely see that point for the multiplayer. But again, if I'm gonna play multiplayer, I'm not going to one of the consoles. I'm going to the PC. Like, you know, I can, I can see what you mean there, but it's like there is something nice about console multi. I mean, like, I, I, I can see for your personal situation, like, yes, like all multiplayer stuff happens on the PC, but like. Uh, you know, that's it's, 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 yeah. it kind of sucks that there's no way to that Nintendo isn't better at that stuff, oh, right? Because yeah, no, like absolutely you could right. spend some of your time. But yeah, that's that that is their big thing. Also, they're moving into mobile, so you know, who knows? They might die and go the way of the dodo. Um, <laughs> well, what are their sales like compared to PS4 and Expo right now? Um, are they still big on 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 the east side? They so what, what was what was the news? So the Wii the Wii did very 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 well. Um. So much so that they said something like they could run at a loss for like fifty years and still be okay. Um, yeah, they've been running at a loss, um, and I think a heavier one. I think they've burned through like five or six years of that loss in like a year, um, of of that oh, wow. fifty years of loss. Um, it's I mean it's not doing terribly, but it's not doing what they want it to do. Um, although amiibos are selling sell out all the time forever, so you know maybe, maybe that that's what'll save the Wii U. Um, is, is, is little plastic figures. Um, (laughs) they dominate the mobile, like they have always dominated the mobile market and they dominate the mobile console market, except for the fact that the mo like the mobile gaming market is now being dominated by smartphones um, and, and, and that stuff. But in terms of the, the concentrated mobile console market, they, you know, the, the 3DS outsells the Vita every time because Vita has no games or something. Hey, Vita Master Race, man. <laughs> Do you still Vita play your Vita, actually? No, I beat MDS 2 and 3, so I'm pretty much actually, done with it. I, did you, know, yeah, did what's you up? know that Vita means life? I did, does <laughs> yeah, it? Did you know that? I did know that. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think I knew that and then forgot it. Um, Dude, I, no, basically... Even Monik knows that Vita means life. W- once I'm done with Persona 4, at some point I have to finish that game, I will have exhausted the Vita's full, full potential, I think. Oh, you're not, um, you're not going to play Dancing All Night? Oh, man. Oh, well, we might have double the longevity. Look at that. Don't ever say, the, don't ever say Sony isn't, Sony doesn't love the Vita. But what are you excited about next for... system doesn't love the Vita. What are you excited about next for Nintendo then, Mango? What's going to keep your love going for them? Um, honestly, What do you I'm wish they sure. would do? Um, yeah. it's, unco- it's, uh, it's unconditional love, so he doesn't have to... Uh, he doesn't that, have yeah. that, that is, so, you know, that's not true. Um, you know, I, I love Nintendo and I will continue. To I know. I'm just them. wrestling your Jimmy. No, 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 no. I, I know you are, but my, like, that, that's a valid question, right? Like what's, 
what do, what do I want next out of Nintendo? And yeah. like, I'm excited for the new for the new Zelda. Hopefully that's good. Um, that does look hopefully. good. <laughs> then again, I, all those trailers for the, all the like the first trailer of every new Zelda game looks incredible. I mean, they're always great, but like that one, like again, looks like it's like it's gonna be like 1080p, 60fps, like boom, boom, like, boom. Welcome three years ago, like. Yeah, but like well, you know, if it's a good game, it's a good game regardless. Right? True, like, true. There are true. tons of indie games in pixel art that are fantastic. That you know, welcome to 1984 or whatever. Um, sure, but uh. I don't know what I want. I don't, I don't know. I want. I want more classic, I, or not more classic games, but classic characters. Right? I want a Mario universe or whatever the hell the next one's gonna be. You know, <laughs> Super. Mario. Is it fair to say your favorite uh, Nintendo character is uh, Mario? No, it's Luigi. Oh, really? How come? Um, because they've just made him so weird over the past couple years. I love it. This is like well, this shows that Nintendo has like this. This kind of masterful subtlety. It's like they have found a way to make him without doing anything like licentious or like overly weird. Like just make him this goofy, weird brother. Like because <laughs> like, I think that was like kind of based off of community feedback too. It's like people love Luigi and they're like, we're just going to make him this oddball brother. Yeah, um, there was this whole year of Luigi. But so yeah. the, the, the reason, Monica, if I'm really going to go deep, delve deep into my psyche is that uh, – my brother's always been very bossy, and he always played player one, and I was always player two, and Luigi's player two. <laughs> this is your younger brother, That's, right? Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> was he being bossy, or just being kind? Or just being a good older brother? Yeah, exactly, uh, sage. I'm pretty sure that like he was like always like, I'm going to play first. I was like, <laughs> whatever, um, didn't care. And then you get pissed off when, like, so... So as Mario Brothers three, you if you were on the same square as somebody, you could like hit a button and make make your the two brothers fight, and whoever one got to go next, you get pissed off at me for doing that. So you know, I, I had my revenge. <laughs> but yeah, Luigi's always been my favorite. I think like so I can understand like what you're saying about like even if they come up with like a pretty good Zelda game or like a pretty innovative Mario game, like it'll be like personally great for you. It's like that's what I view like Street Fighter Five as, for instance. It's like. Yeah. I don't think that game is, like, going to be especially innovative, and I don't think it's going to be, like, breaking any boundaries or any, like, sort of new gameplay ideas. But, like, it's going to be... It looks like it's going to be a really great Street Fighter game. And, like, that's yeah. that's yeah. more than enough for me, and that's because of that emotional connection, right? Um, and uh, I'm still so surprised yeah. how Sony was able to get that exclusive. I, that, that is the... That is such a that, killer exclusive for them. Probably the biggest exclusive grab of this generation. Definitely. Um, it's, definitely. It's, it's, well, first of all, it's not really exclusive because you can get it on Yes, PC, PC Master Race. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's on PC as well? Uh, I yes. Know that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yep. And it's going to have PS4 PC crossplay. Woo! We can nice. play, we can play, actually, all the time. We can. Um, we can. I'm going to get a... I think I'm going to get... Well, I mean, for both Metal, Metal Gear Solid Five and for this, I'm going to probably... Spring and get the PS4. Why not just get a PC? Why don't we just all get, build PCs together? Yeah. Uh, just you know, here's the, I don't know. It's like the PS4. I just like it's like it's easier just to get a console. It's like I could build a PC. I know, I know, I should. Yeah, but it's like dude. it's at the end of the day, it's just easy to build. Get a yourself console. a Steam I, controller. Give myself a Steam controller. <laughs> let's get a, They're let's shipping get a Steam now too. Dude, I I run with my Xbox 360 controller. Like I'm I am the the shitty pad warrior in Street Fighter. I I use my old 360 controller on the PC. We'll see. We'll see. There's also like just a, there's like a, actually Sony's game lineup looks pretty great all around. Like the Final Fantasy VII remake, like the Uncharted collection, the new Uncharted game. Like there's actually quite a few that I would like to play. Yeah. Um, so de- actually, Destiny, you know, I don't know much about Destiny, but like it's been a roller coaster of emotion and now it's on an upswing. So 
Well, I'm going to um, wait for the I next would, release I would, of I Destiny. Like, yeah, I, I mean, but, they're not going to keep releasing expansions. They're going to, I think, probably uh, actually but, have a I dedicated... Mean, I don't know. I think they'll have a dedicated... Because yeah. they're still tied to the hip with the um, the pre, uh, pre-generations Destiny release, right? Um, I think they're just going to stop releasing expansions for those. Like, Oh, interesting. The, yeah. the, the way they've... That, like, like, that they, they raid... Called, they called it this all the content they just ended year one. And I don't think you call something year one unless you intend for there to be at least three or four more years. They said there's yeah. going to be a ten years. That's their ten plan. Ten years, yeah. The ten years of Destiny, uh, at least. Know, uh, that, the, the, the that raid, edition, the Taken King. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. I would say the Legendary Edition contains the base game and the Taken King and all the DLC. So, oh, okay. Didn't yeah. know that. But I was going to say the Taken King looks, looked that, I watched that raid. That looked pretty incredible. That like hit all of my like MMO like nerve points i was like oh man like this like it just looked like a lot of fun to play and like they actually looked like they were actually doing things that other mmos did not in terms of mechanics and like phasing people in and out of dimensions and like the graphics were great and like i was just you know there was like that 10 hour live stream on like i think it was giant bomb where it was like you just see these guys just like sweating trying to beat this boss and like failing and getting very, it's just, i'm just like this looks awesome like a group of five of, people. like early wow Exactly. It's like, that looked really awesome. Like, that was when I heard about Destiny having this MMO, like, sort of strand to it. I was like, that is exactly what I wanted to see. Um, so I'd be down to play some Destiny at some point, maybe. Yeah, but maybe. then we all have I don't to get know. the same console. Yeah. Well, you already have a PS4, don't you? Uh, my roommate does. Okay. Uh, and friend of the show, Charles. Oof, yes, yeah, friend of the show, Charles, and... When Destiny released, we both were playing, and I was playing, I had my, he, we had them set up on different TVs, and we were both playing Destiny, but we could never play together. Uh, it's one of the, the saddest stories of our generation. <laughs> separated by console, by 15 <laughs> Roommates feet, yeah, 15 feet in, in, console, in console choices. No, speaking uh, of Destiny, what all other games are you guys looking forward to in the next few months? Go ahead, Mango. Oh, I would say, well, you can uh, check out some derps talk about play, or some derps talk about games from my entire top five. But uh, boom, uh, but the one I'm really super pumped for is Fallout Four on November 10th. Really? Uh, yeah, I am so. I excited. forgot that was coming I mean, out I, this year. When I was looking at trailers, like it seems that the only major difference is they give you more flexibility to build shit in the game. You know, set up outposts and like gather materials and build stuff. So that's a pretty unique mechanic they've added in. But other than that, it looked pretty much like Fallout. You got a nice story. You have some interesting like. Uh, events going on and it's uh you, you still have the dog i believe in fallout 4 correct uh yeah you can you can yeah you but can, like what what else is new about it uh um, there's, seemed... no, there's no skill points everything's based on special there's a bunch of special being your mainline stats uh strength perception endurance cunning intellect uh agility and luck but say. is there is there enough to say that it's not just more Fallout? And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I, Fallout games I thought were great. Well, I actually genuinely love that setting, post-apocalyptic setting. Yeah, but like outside of that, like it's a what else is it? The the gun the gunplay looks better and is supposed to feel a lot better. Um, which is which okay. has always kind of been a weak point of of the Bethesda open world games. Um, yeah, and, you know, part of it is that you know it's been a while since New Vegas came out. I'm ready for a new one, even if it is a lot of the same type stuff. Um, the setting's new, it looks really cool. Wait, is there a game called Rainbow Six New Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> this is how much I know about Rainbow both Six, of those Las games. Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas, right, right, right. Ah, yeah, it's Las Vegas. Fall, Fallout it. New Vegas is, is, was the last Fallout game to come out. Developed by Obsidian, the last Bethesda one was 3. The only Bethesda one was 3. Um, although the... Oh, the, I didn't know that. New, uh, New Vegas was published by, by Bethesda. 
Okay. I mean, that's what's good about those games like Skyrim and, and Fallout. I remember in college when we were both playing Fallout together, we were both like, we'd play it for like 12 hours and oh, then we'd yeah. meet up and talk about our different choices and decisions that we had made. Um, so yeah. that was that was good. That's one power of Bethesda RPGs. It's like, it actually does give a fair amount of flexibility to what you do. That, that's that's a big part of what I'm looking forward to, right? Like, yeah. Doing do it like, a, like a, my co-host on, on uh, some groups talking like, about games, buddy. We're both taking off work on the uh, on the day of release, <laughs> and the next cast is probably just going to be all about Fallout Four. Um, Fallout so, sick day. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not a sick day. I'm I'm going to take I'm going to formally take PTO. I'm going to announce it ahead of time. Oh, nice, nice. And if they give me, you're going to declare it as Fallout Day, and you're going to plant the flag at your desk, let people know exactly where you are. Oh, yeah, I, sh- I should do that. They're like video games are more important than this than. Whatever you're making, trying to make me do. I just um, remember, like, I was in this one old town in Fallout, and I just went around stealing people's monies, uh, like stealing all the stuff from their stores, like uh, for like six hours straight. Had no part uh, of any moving any quest line forward or anything. I was just walking the back, like walking the store, just stealing shit. And other RPG stores, you can kill any NPC, which is pretty cool too. Almost. This is like an actual post-apocalyptic like simulator. It's like, what would you guys be like in a post-apocalyptic environment? It's like, now I know not to hang out with Monik. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd be a thief. Probably don't. <laughs> I don't know. I saw Mango shooting plenty of things from what I remember walking by his room in college. So only I don't know. evil people. Only evil. Okay, that's reassuring. <laughs> well, that's actually interesting. Uh, I thought, like, when you play RPGs, do you how do you, when like decision points come in like a Mass Effect series where you have like a good option, a bad option, and like various gray regions between that. What do you usually go with? Do you try to act like what you would act in day-to-day life or do you try to build a character and, and just or just be really like derpy and just like say ridiculous shit? Uh usually my initial my my initial playthrough is how I would approach the situation generally, although there's usually a tendency to go for the goofy option if it exists. But it yeah. usually do- usually doesn't um or go for the special option if it's like, "Oh, this unlock this option was unlocked." By having a high speech skill, be like, oh boy, I better pick that one. Um, yeah, I actually, I always do that. I always go speech and persuasion and charisma in every single game. Because uh, I like, like, slightly conniving people in conversations and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. But, like, in general, general, I try and play it how I would play it for the first time, and that's generally leans good. Yeah. Um, I don't play as many of these games as you do, but I do the same thing. Um, Like, Skyrim, I've played enough playthroughs that I started doing weird things, like, I played an unarmed Argonian who was racist against orcs, and he would just walk into orc stronghold <laughs> and murder people. Racist against orcs. Yeah. Oh, man. Just murder so every orc he saw on sight. So Fallout, what are you looking forward Fallout. to, Um, I still have to play Metal Gear Solid Five, dude. That's what I'm still looking forward to. It's like, I gotta yeah. get there. I gotta get there. That's like, Actually, I one thing s- that, was, that was cool, I went to a Comic-Con after party with our buddy Rohan. Um, yeah. So if listeners do know Ron, Ron is one of our... Uh, Pinnacle of derp friends. <laughs> he is the pinnacle. He'll probably be the on pinnacle. one of these casts at one point. But he had like a really decked out big boss costume, and people were yeah, giving he, him props he was, and he was, stuff. He was Punish Snake, aka Venom Snake. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, cool. He put a lot of effort yeah. into it. Like everyone yeah, was, was like, walking by, I like felt cool just being aside, alongside him. <laughs> You're like, look like, at me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know him. He's the coolest big boss in this room. So in the game, there's like hilarious moments you can have with like your lackeys, where it's like they're like. You can like start to like chokehold them or do other things. They're like pleasure to be, you know. It's like it's like honor to be chokeholded by you, boss. It's like you could have been like that guy for him. Like you could have been like the lackey yeah. that he like does all these things to. Yeah. Um, but missed opportunities ne- next year. 
So MGS. Um, I'm looking forward to a few things. I mean, oh, Street like, Fighter Five as well. Oh yeah, I mean, what, what is that early next year though? Early next year. Early next year. Um, okay, cool. And then February, um, right? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think so. I'm not exactly sure. Um, yeah, I think that's those are the two that really come top of mind. And again, one of them was already out, so uh, I I don't I, I can't I can't really think of. I'm sure if like you put a list of games in front of me, I'd be like, yes, yes, and yes. Yeah, but I can't yeah. think of any others right now. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to a few. I mean, XCOM Two, super hyped for XCOM Two. I mean, like I played the first original XCOM. I played the mod, the Long War, quite a bit. And in the second XCOM, they're like hyping up this idea of loss throughout the game. I watched this like interesting uh, couple of minutes of one of their developers talking about this, where in the original XCOM you were fighting a force, external force that's attacking human civilization. In XCOM Two. Uh, the, the the setting is you guys have already lost and what you have to do is fight back and you're kind of an insurgency slash terrorist. Um, so they have more stealth mechanics and, and a couple, a couple oh, of other things. Cool. But I think the Wait, best did, thing about XCOM Was there an 2, option to win in XCOM 1 or was it like a foregone? Yeah. I mean, spoilers. Was there... You can win. Okay. So the idea is that in XCOM oh, 1, okay. you, you, if you win, that's the end of the story. But if you play XCOM, and I used to play like um, Iron Man and like Impossible and, and a few other ones, you lose a ton. It's very easy to lose. Uh, as uh, it's just like a lot of variables to play and a little bit of a little bit of his random and the idea of XCOM 2 is all those games that you lost imagine what happened uh, so if you lost in XCOM 1 XCOM 2 is the story that fits cool. that idea of loss yeah it's kind of cool neat. Uh, but I think the ki- killer thing for XCOM 2 is they're opening it up to all the modders um, so they're gonna I, I'm hoping they're like fucking like I don't know like medieval XCOM like a bunch of random shit people will build so I'm super excited for that, uh, which I think would be great. And the other one is Overwatch. That's oh, the right. game I think we I, we can play together. Here's the thing, like I guess I didn't I never really got into Team Fortress Two, and I guess I don't know like what what about Overwatch makes that significantly different besides like the Blizzard polish that will inevitably be there. Like, is it? I guess like maybe I just don't have a a knack for these sorts yeah. of like team based shooting games. But I mean, but what about it appeals to you guys? I'm assuming you're also pretty excited for it. Oh maybe, yeah, or... absolutely. I mean, it might be probably a uh, game I'm most excited for. So I watched a couple of the live streams that have been coming out because footage has been pretty limited. So, I mean, in differences to TF2, honestly, it is quite similar. You have an objective-based game with a lot of classes. With Overwatch, I think the, the gun mechanics and the class mechanics um, are a little bit more distinct, role by role. So in, in, in TF2, you'd have sometimes certain classes play the aggressive role consistently. Um, and, and you kind of have to to push the objective while in Overwatch you have like over like 15, 16 different heroes and each of them have a set of abilities uh, which are pretty distinct and serve very distinctive purposes and adhere to play styles that I think certain people like and certain people will hate. While in TF2 you just, you, you kind of had to play all the characters and you ha- and the, the difference in abilities wasn't that marked. Um, and also TF2 by the tail end of it, like original early TF2 was great. But then after TF2, they added in like way too many abilities. They weren't balanced. The the maps weren't very balanced either. And they put in a bunch of like cosmetic items and hats. hats. It was just a fucking hats mess. forever. So like that's all I remember. I just remember people talking about hats. And they had like weird things like critical hits, which would randomly kill people. Was like random. It was random critical hits. Like so weird design decisions, where I understand it's not a competitive game, but there are things you can do to make it more team focused and competitive. And I, what the sense I'm getting from Overwatch is they're not making it super random. They're building very skill-based classes that are very distinct with maps that are large and objective-driven. And uh, it, yeah, it just looks fantastic. It, the, it really they're, does. They're splitting the difference between like something like TF2, which is like a class-based shooter, 
and and your traditional MOBA like League of Legends or Dota. Yeah. Each each champion is is unique in its own way and has filled its own specific role. And a large part of the game is probably going to be the meta game surrounding you know which hero you want to play, exactly. etc. Exactly. And which fits well into what comp. And there's like an anti-meta where you like you see the team's heroes and you got to counteract what they're doing. You can switch heroes throughout the game. Um, and when I was looking at this footage, it just looked a ton of fun. Like um, uh, the the time to kill, which is a big thing I always harp on in FPS games, like seemed pretty reasonable. It wasn't like instant kill, like with a lot of other games that are out there. So there's like time to recoup yeah. and time to group up and time to play with your team. Uh, hmm. So it it looked really fun. It did look fun. It, like I mean, like again, it was one of those games where I saw the demo and I'm like, this looks like a lot of fun. Like I, I just don't know if it would hold my attention. Is like yeah. is, is like the thing that comes to mind. But I don't know. I'll play it. I'll see. Like Blizzard games, super easy to get into. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I dismissed Hearthstone initially too, and then I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. Um, so we shall see. Maybe maybe it is the game that will bring the I'm entire derp uni- the entire derp universe the together. Derp squad. We need to as come one together. once again, and then yeah. of course, Legacy of the Void. Not as hyped oh. as I thought I would be, because I'm just yeah. seeing the things they're doing, and I, I know what they—they're just not do. They're not taking the risk they need to take in the multiplayer side of things, and it's just never going to reclaim the throne of most played um, esport game. Well, but but the key question is, the key question is how will Mango's cannon rush tactic work? In this that new was playing the field. funniest moment in my entire StarCraft career. Mango playing on my Masters League account, cannon rushing someone <laughs> and beating them. It's like what? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Ma- you know, cannon rush, cannon rush too strong. You know that that's what happens when you play the Masters League. People assume that if you've cannon rushed them, you're building up an economic advantage. That will <laughs> when, when you the game and then they quit. That's the issue. Like, know, and ma- all I do is put some three cannons in their base. In Masters League, like people are paying attention to the smallest details and trying to pull as much as information as they can from it. So when someone is irrational and there's there's literally nothing to pull, like they walk in his base, like I I don't know what's going on. <laughs> they have no idea because what Mango is doing is literally irrational. They they lose. <laughs> like it's hilarious. You're like the Joker of StarCraft, Mango. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, some men just want to watch the world burn. Um, Indeed. Yeah, so yeah we, those are the games yeah. we're all looking forward to. Um, origin stories. Guess what are you guys playing right now? Mango, what are you playing? You always, you guys, you, I mean, both of you tend to play a kind of eclectic collection of indie games, so probably stuff I, I'm, inclu- I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it'll include some stuff I haven't heard of, or Monica hasn't uh, heard of. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, most of what I'm playing right now is League of Legends, which is not indie. Um, an eclectic indie game. <laughs> <laughs> um, Worlds is happening right now, so a lot of hype around that. The end of the season is November 10th, so everybody's clamoring to get their end of season rewards. Um, what are I, the rewards like? What, what just uh, like there's there's a skin skins? board okay. skin that kind of thing. Um, most all cosmetic stuff. Um, and then I played a bit of Destiny: The Taken King. Because I'm enjoying. Oh, that. so you do have it? Yes, I do. Um, I I bought it on release, and I was so confident in Bungie that I bought the season. I pre-bought the season pass, and I played it for like half day. I'm like, well, well, that was a waste. Um, and then I came back to it in a year with the Taken King, and almost like Reaper of Souls fixed Diablo three. I feel like the Taken King patch fixed Destiny. It's a lot of fun. I'm yeah. enjoying it. Um. What else am I playing? Playing some Knit Underground, which is probably 
like more along the lines of what you were looking for, Akshay. I think mm-hmm. it's released on Steam and Vita. Uh, Knit is made oh, by... Vita, you say? I mean, it's got to be a good game on the Vita. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's The Knit series of games is long-running series of indie games by this one guy. I forget his name. But uh, they're, they're all these cute little games. They're platformers. They're a, lot of, they're a lot of fun. The stories are always kind of imaginative, and the worlds are always kind of fantastical. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. Um, I think I'm going to dip back my toes back into... Uh, uh, what's what's the name of the game? Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, because I started to play that about oh, a year cool. ago when it came out. Um, and uh, after it came out, like, or and then like I played it for a little while, got a little with it. I was like, eh, what? And you know, it was it was all right, and I enjoyed it, but I just never really got that into it. And it's like, well, it's a year later, almost all of the DLCs out. Maybe I'll revisit it. Re- <coughs> excuse me, revisit it with the full edition of the game there. Um, and there's always, like, loads of 10,000 games I want to play, like Wasteland 2 and uh, yeah. Pillars of Eternity, all these really Divinity, good... Original Sin, so it's Yeah, good Original too. Sin, yeah. Uh, what else do I have in here? I have to play the... I still have to play the Grim Fandango re-release. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I played through that. Um, and, like, when I only have, like, 10 or 15 minutes, I'll either play a game of Hearthstone or I'll play a couple rounds of Lift Rousers on Steam. Oh, I love Lift Rousers, dude. It's it's a oh, great that did look fun. Fifteen minutes of type game, um. But yeah, I'm I'm always rotating through different games. Like I've you got a healthy rotation going. That's one of the things I've always noticed. It's like it's like you you'll like be like we'll like talk about a game and like I think you have um you're much more willing to like buy and try. Um, yeah. Whereas I think a lot of us are like, like I I'll like look at games, think about them for a while, like never play them. A couple years later, like regret that I never tried it. So, um. I think like you've got a much healthier rotation going. I mean, but part of that is that, like, a lot of these indie games, like, I'll look at them, I'll be like, that's neat, and I'll either already own it, or I'll, I'll it'll be on sale, I'll be like, I'll buy that, and I'll buy it, and then I'll play through it in a weekend and be done with it, but I'll have that, that you know, that whole experience under my belt. Like, I, I just finished, so, uh, Telltale had a, had a whole, whole company sale on, uh, Steam recently. Oh, nice. Um, you know, Makers of the Walking Dead, um. Wolf Among uh, Us. Wolf Among Us, a couple other really good adventure games, and I'm looking through the catalog. One of their old titles is this weird little stick or uh, like it's simply animated game called Puzzle Agent, and like the first one's a dollar twenty-five, and the second one's two fifty. I'm like, do I really have anything to lose here? So I bought them and I played through them in a night while I watched the LCS, uh, the LCS finals or the LCS uh, group stage, um, at Worlds, and. Uh, so Which is League of Legends stuff for those yes, who don't yes, know. Yeah, yeah, it's the professional League of Legends circuit. That game I was playing. I was playing these these little put these their adventure games that you solve puzzles in, and uh, the story was cutesy. It was fun. It was four or five hours of my time total for both games. I think that was a good uh, three dollars and seventy five cents well well spent. So, you know, stuff yeah, like and I think that. one of the things that we can talk about in a future episode when you're back on as a guest is like, like you you have a real love for and interest in game design. And yes, like you yeah, know, I, I think yeah. it's it's fair to say you well you see yourself at some point in the future getting into designing games and making games. So like you have like a sort of an interesting vantage point when it comes to like evaluating games and like your interest in these sort of indie games, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Always looking for unique mechanics and whatnot. What about you, Monic? What are you playing? Uh, I've only been playing Diablo. Only Diablo. <laughs> I, I, I gave. I, I was worried about this like three weeks ago. I'm like, I'm getting back in Diablo. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get addicted. I'm going to grind until I have like the most op, uh, optimally built character 
uh, and then I'm going to stop playing. And I'm already kind of getting um, bored of it. Uh, but then I have the, uh, leveling a Witch Doctor that I just leveled to 7 and I'm gearing that too now. Um, the game is good. The game is a ton of fun, and it's fun killing mobs. And uh, right now, uh, Mango, if you don't know, like my Demon Hunter can speed clear T8. My Monk can speed clear T10. Um, so like it's, I'm able to like power level people, and people are giving me props and stuff. So I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. These Chinese players are taking notice of my mad skills. So it's been fun. Uh, international it, it, superstar. International superstar, dude. Um, there's not. I mean, the game's pretty simple. Just kill monsters, get some gear, and keep upgrading your gear. But it, it, there's something so inherently satisfying about being able to kill things faster in Diablo. And the grind to get the items to do so is just beautiful. And I don't oh, think yeah. I'll ever stop. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. I'm I I haven't played in a little while, but like I've got I've got my Hoda tar- Barbarian. I slam my hammer on the ground a bunch and everything dies and it's it's it's, it's ludicrous amounts of fun for how simple it is. Yeah, yeah. The Diablo. I still need to play Diablo. I still need to buy Diablo. I still need to check this game. It's one of those games where, again, it's like in the age of being able to watch it on Twitch. It's like, I get my fix just watching people stream this game. <laughs> and it's like, Dude, uh, I mean, like, I, I, starting, what, sorry? I would say starting next season, we should all just get on and, and, and roll face, right? Yeah. That's true. Season we can do that. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like, I still want to play The Monk because it's based on, they said Street Fighter. It's like, it's supposed to have like a really fun sort of uh, melee mechanics. Yeah, Monk's so, a ton of fun. I still have I still have that desire to check that out, um, but mostly what I've been playing is just Hearthstone uh, occasionally. Like Hearthstone is one of those games that I have sort of a mixed um, I have mixed feelings towards because I do want to be the very best, the best that ever was at the <laughs> games that I play. And like I know I'll never get there, but it's like Hearthstone. It's so apparent that I have to put so much more time in to get like yeah. decent or like uh, to deck build in the right ways and to be competitive. And like so, it's fun for like the the sort of like you said, Mango, like fifteen minute periods, but. Um, like I always have this sort of like tinge of like, uh, I should probably spend more time, like actually figuring out how to do like a, like a correct druid deck and like <laughs> understand, like <laughs> understand like how to make use of like the cards in the latest expansion. Are you just playing um, druid right now? Yeah. So yeah. like I make sort of the effort to just focus on just one class, which is druid. Um, and like, just see if I could make a decent deck there. And I honestly haven't even put in the time there to do that. Uh, but yeah, it's like one of those games where like, I feel like. There is a lot of time I could put into like maybe get some marginal return, but like um, just haven't done it yet. But it's still fun yeah. to play casually. Yeah, I mean, so. I get into Hearthstone whenever they release a new expansion. Like when the recent one came out, Grand Tournament, I did play like pretty consistently for a couple of weeks, and then I just stopped because I built the decks I wanted to build, and like I get more, I, I enjoy building decks more than actually playing the game, and like building the deck oh, and like trying it out once or twice and, and seeing if what I thought would happen happened. And after it does, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Because, uh, like, to actually get to the higher ranks is just a, a, a grind. You try to get, like, the 70 75% win rate, and you'll get to Legend. But you put in, like, tons and tons of hours to get that. And I would rather just build another deck and some goofy-ass deck <laughs> that works. Yeah, fair. Um, but other than that, uh, just waiting to play MGS4. And so I can understand what the Patriots are really up to. I'll Lally let you guys Lally. know. Lally, Lally, yeah, Lally. I'll let you Lolly low, dude. dude. Come on, get it right. <laughs> the la 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 la. <laughs> I'll understand their secrets and I'll let you know. All right, I think that probably wraps it up. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yep. Thank you to our sponsor, Some Derps Play Game. Thank you so much. 
Check out their podcast. You owe, Check owe out me their a Twitch ham channel. sandwich. You promised a ham, ham sandwich. sandwich. Uh, I will Wait. mail that. I will put that in the post tomorrow. Wait, did you. you promise him a ham sandwich? I I said if if, if, if he plugged our, our podcast on on his podcast, I would I would give him one ham sandwich. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> Understood. Uh, well, that's the fair deal if I ever saw one. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Again, for the new tastemakers. One step at a time, building the empire. One step at a time, sponsorship will get more real and less fictional. They've all been real. All right, yeah. I like, gotta get. Like, what is that like whole like mentality? It's like just fake until you make it. Like it's the secret. You just, you just keep saying it, and eventually it'll just become real. Eventually, NASA will actually sponsor this podcast, and then we'll make it. That's when we've made it. All right. Yeah, started at the bottom. Now you have a hand for it. <laughs> Uh, I spoke for like 10 seconds so I could get a silence.